live from the District of Columbia. You are listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast, a weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips black fundraisers to excel and positively impact black communities. With your host, Kia Kroon. Good day, good people. It's your girl, Kia Kroon, the founder and host of the Black Fundraisers Podcast. Your weekly podcast that celebrates, inspires, and equips Black fundraisers to positively impact Black communities. If you are new to the party, I want to thank you for tuning in. I know you've got a variety of podcast options out here in these internet streets, so I appreciate you for listening. If you are a regular, you already know what time it is. You are in store for a good time. I want to encourage you listening to connect with me on social media, um, Kia Kroom on most platforms. You can also email me any feedback you have or questions at blackfundraiserspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on my website, www.kiakroom.com to see what a sister has been up to in the nonprofit and philanthropy world. Y'all. I just want to share with you really quickly that I'm so encouraged that I get to meet some of the most mission-minded and social justice-driven people I could ever dream of meeting. You know, so many of you reach out to me, and what I'm learning is many of us got into this line of work based on our own lived experiences with systemic inequity or structural inequity, systems of oppression, right? And I'm very public about my own experiences growing up and surviving intergenerational poverty. And I think I've shared with you all that for years, I was really ashamed of how my family lived, how we grew up living on food stamps, having been homeless as a teen, you name it, right? And I carried that shame for a number of years until I changed my perspective. And I want you to just follow me and indulge for a moment. When I say I changed my perspective, I realized that this very thing that I was living in, this construct of poverty, which at one point in time, rendered me ashamed and was so tormenting. Ironically, this circumstance was molding and shaping me for something greater, right? It was molding and shaping me to break a generational curse that had hung over my family for years. My mother couldn't break it. My father couldn't break it, right? But through the grace of God, I did. And I broke up with poverty. <laughs> I tell people I broke up with poverty, even while still living in it. I said, poverty, you got to go. I might be eating a syrup sandwich or we might be eating a fried bologna sandwich for dinner. But I know that this won't always be my reality. And I told poverty, not only will I overcome you, but I'm going to devote my life's work to helping others just like me get free. People that are living in poverty, kids that are living in poverty, men and women of color living in poverty. I'm going to help them get free just like me. I said, poverty, you've got the right one. And before I knew who I was, 
before I really knew whose I was, I got to tell you, I would have never imagined that my own lived experience with poverty would lay the foundation for what has become such a remarkable career in fundraising and philanthropy. Why am I sharing this with you, good people listening? Well, simply because I believe there's someone listening who could benefit from changing their perspective about their circumstances, right? And I want to reach out and say to that individual or those individuals, your current or your past circumstance does not define you. In fact, it might be preparing you for something greater than what you could ever imagine. So I just felt it on my heart and wanted to share that. And hopefully it encourages somebody. Right. So anyway, see, you almost took me to church. Now that that's out of the way, let me quickly tell you about today's episode. Today, I am joined by Natalie Paquin, the president and CEO of Points of Light, a national organization that equips and connects nonprofits, with businesses and civic minded people looking to volunteer their time to address to grand challenges impacting our communities. In addition, Points of Light creates products and services to help nonprofits and volunteers optimize their impact. They provide a bastion of toolkits and other resources to really help organizations get under the hood and effectively manage and leverage their volunteer networks. Natalie stopped by the Black Fundraisers podcast to share ways nonprofits, in particular, People of color-led nonprofits can leverage volunteerism as part of their fund development strategy. She shares tricks of the trade for engaging corporate community with your work and inviting them to your table, right, as a thought partner to address real community solutions. So if you've ever been wondering how to engage corporations in your backyard, you'll want to take some notes. Uh, Last thing I want to say is I've included Natalie's bio as well as links to the various materials she referenced during our discussion. You'll find all of that in the show notes. So please stand by, good people, as I bring Natalie to the Black Fundraisers podcast stage. Welcome to the Black Fundraisers podcast, Natalie. I'm delighted to have you as my special guest today. Thank you, Kia. It's so wonderful to be here. Tell us a little known and fun fact about yourself, Natalie. Oh, well, hmm. let me see. I would say a little known fact about me is um, I was a student of busing in uh, the late 60s, early 70s. And I think a fun fact might be um, I was a park ranger <laughs> right out of college for two national parks. I um, was a park ranger at Valley Forge National Park and Indiana Dunes uh, National Park with the uniform and the hat and horses and all. <laughs> wow, how befitting for the CEO of Points of Light, you know, to have done that kind of work um, years ago. That is a fun and little known fact. Thank you for sharing that, Natalie. Sure. So, Natalie, I have told the good people listening a little about Points of Light, its impact, its thought leadership, and best-in-class volunteer engagement and management. At least that's been my lived experience. As I share it with you, I partnered with 
points of light, hands on Atlanta, some years ago um, when I was working as a fundraiser, well, early in my career as a fundraiser in the metro Atlanta area. And I've been working as a fundraiser for 20 years, and I learned just how vital corporate volunteer engagement is to my corporate partnership strategy. I would love for you to share how Points of Light leverages volunteer engagement to cultivate some of its donor prospects and even steward some of its donors. I think the first thing that I would uh, you know, share, Kia, is that corporations and places of employments are just communities of people. And when you want to have a big impact on a community and communities of people who then go out into their own communities, you really have to have a strategy and understand what that community needs, what what is important to them, what are their values. And then they take those values and those experiences back out into their communities. So for more than 30 years, Points of Light, we've built this global community of social impact organizations. We're in 38 countries. We engage through uh, an affiliate network. That network actually reaches over 49,000 community social impact organizations. Our mission is to inspire, equip, and mobilize people to take action. So the way that we work with companies in particular uh, in cultural cultivating them is sometimes they are trying to figure out how do they live into their purpose? How do they become better corporate citizens and stewards of their community? And what Points of Light does is we we work with them. We provide consulting services and uh, really help them evaluate their assets and the assets of the community uh, to be better better stewards and better contributors and and help solve uh, some of our social problems. Points of Light is such an important organization. Like I said, I mean, I believe is the really the gold standard around leveraging that corporate, leveraging human capital in general, not just limited to corporate, but leveraging human capital. I want to share something that has been an interesting observation of mine. It's been my lived experience as a corporate fundraiser that when I'm building corporate partnerships, partnering with these fortune companies, when I had the means to facilitate a corporate volunteer engagement with a company, I mean, and these companies have run the gamut from, I've shared with you that I'm here in the DC region, um, defense organizations to Organ companies, corporations within the petroleum industry to, I mean, we're talking big name, multinational companies, but it wasn't just the philanthropic aspect of the work that grabbed them, right? Like, you know, we're clear, okay, yeah, this company is prepared to write a check, a five-figure check or a six-figure or a seven-figure check. Well, let me back up. I'm going to have to edit it. I found that these corporate volunteer engagements resulted in higher conversions amongst my corporate donors. I saw higher retention rates. They were coming back from year to year. They were really energized. So year over year, these employees and these black employee resource groups were coming back and I found that that was the tie that binds, that 
you know, these volunteers became ambassadors of the organization, ambassadors of our programs, and they looked forward to this year over year to the extent that if a decision was made, you know, that there would be some kind of retrenchment in philanthropy, you know, there were employees that said, whoa, 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 well, not that organization, not that particular program. We love that program. And, you know, we want to see it supported and we want to continue to collaborate with them. So with all that being said, that is a key accrued tested hypothesis. But I would love to hear what your experience has been and if there's any benefits that you can point to that organizations might consider when offering those volunteer engagement opportunities. Sure. I love the Kia Kroon tested hy- hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> love, love it. Um, you know, I have to share that the, the number one reason why people volunteer is because they're asked. Um, they're invited to actually have that experience. The number two reason why they come back is because they understand their impact. And if you give them a good opportunity, I mean, a good experience, if, if you've been prepared for them, then you're likely to have them as an advocate uh, for a very long time. So the first thing I would say is, yes, you are absolutely right. Employees that are um, working in communities, they definitely, when they're invited and understand the impact and have a good experience, they are now your champions. And so that is a proven fact. A couple of other key points that I would love to share with your listeners is, you know, points of light. We recently released a, a study on the state um, civic engagement. And so when we're talking about civic engagement, we're talking about volunteering, you're using your purchase power, donating, a number of different things. And I would encourage your listeners to um, please visit our website and look Look at our um, points of light civic circle. But what we found, one takeaway from some of the research that we've done is that since the pandemic, it has really placed an unprecedented expectations on corporate purpose. Across the board, uh, individuals see companies as having an obligation to get involved. We have this one data point that says 65% of people said they expect companies to address social challenges. In terms of people being engaged, 95% of the people said that they plan to maintain or increase their current level of involvement. So I would agree with you, Kia, that when companies are involved and engaged in communities, in Black communities in particular, um, they learn more, they're there to learn more, and they absolutely can become your advocates. Yeah, I want to react to some of those data points before we move on. Very interesting, and you can count on me to share that link to that particular report with the good people listening. I'll put it in the show notes along with your bio and and just information about points of light. Very interesting that you point out people are looking at volunteer engagement and, you know, people say giving back or paying it forward is kind of like a reputational imperative. You can't just exist in the community, whether you have a you're a company and you have a headquarters or an operating unit in X community and show up and conduct business there and not bother to not bother too busy to be bothered to engage with community. I found some of that, a lot of that to be true prior to the alleged racial reckoning, but I feel as though there's like a stronger 
current on that even now. I feel as though that reputational imperative has been kind of amplified since then, especially when you're talking about Black and Brown communities. So it's very interesting to me that you point that out. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. And I I will share that we have issued over the last three years, so 2020, 2021, and 2022, bodies, uh, bits of research uh, papers. It's it's actually a body now of of research about civic engagement. The first market-based research study was actually post the beginning of the pandemic, but pre the public murder of George Floyd. And so we had just done that in early May, and then we followed up with research in 2021 and just issued global research where we had conversations with people in the United States, the UK, India, and Brazil about um, civic engagement. Yes, please, please check it out. But you know what, Kia, there are a couple of other really important facts that I would love to share with your audience. And this is about the power of nonprofits in our communities and what we can do specifically to help solve some problems and strengthen the fabric of our communities. First of all, I'm not sure you know, or I'd love to share with your your listeners, that Americans donate almost 400 or maybe even over 400 billion dollars a year to nonprofits that nonprofits spend 2 trillion dollars a year that nonprofits employ 10% of the US workforce and that each year they mobilize over 63 million people in volunteer experiences and there's a a, a number that is i think i saw the number recently that's like the value of a volunteer hour is like $26 an hour. Um, Black communities receive 1% of all community foundation funding. um, And the combined Black population uh, is, you know, 15%, which results in an underfunding of about $2 billion. And then the, the other, I guess, point I'd love to lift up is that Black led organizations um, have 45% less revenue um, and 90, 91% less unrestricted assets than white-led organization, which means that when the money comes in, it's pretty restricted. And so here are a couple of things that I would invite, you know, if you're setting up like these are some of the problems and opportunities, you're setting up uh, some of the solutions. Of those nonprofits that are spending $2 trillion, guess what? They are run by volunteers. Their governing board are volunteers. And so the first thing that I would ask and encourage everyone who's listening, find a nonprofit that you care about that's doing work and not only volunteer, you know, physically or with your time or donate with your money, but figure out how to um, volunteer at the governance level and be on that board. And so that you can directly influence how money is deployed because volunteers are are basically guiding $2 trillion of annual spend. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it's like, there is a way that we actually can can um, direct some of those resources and influence investment in our communities. And then the second thing that I would you know recommend is right now there is a strong desire for companies to connect in a sincere way to community. Companies uh, uh, are they want to invite people from communities to their table, and I would flip the script and ask us 
to invite companies to our tables. So you don't have to pass the mic. This is our mic. We'll pass it to you. (laughs) Um, Come to our community center, come to our church, you know, come to wherever it is that we hang out. Um, So invite leaders of companies to our tables. And then the other thing that we do at Points of Light is we have this daily Point of Light Award where for the past 30 years, five days a week, we're recognizing people in community and who are doing good things. I would encourage your listeners to please visit our website and recommend someone, nominate someone for a daily Point of Light Award. But whether it's our award or any type of recognition that people are receiving in in their community for their good work, leverage that, promote that, uh, use that recognition to amplify the impact of, of the work um, that you're doing. You said a mouthful, Natalie. Oh, goodness gracious. Now, you know, we get really, really excited about, we're very spirited on the Black Fundraisers podcast about those funding disparities and the impact that those have on Black-led organizations, Black-led social change, BIPOC-led organizations, the like, right? Wow. So, you know, I think that you've given some great nuggets to the listeners in terms of how and where they can engage and play an active role in directing that $2 trillion, right, that you mentioned. And I love the idea about engaging companies and, like you say, inviting them to our table, right, Because as I say, we are the table, right? Um, I believe that we are the table, the people that are doing this work and inviting that community and doing that, we have the opportunity to partner with companies that we feel good about working with, right? That we feel are aligned with causes and issue areas that we're passionate about to collaborate and make a difference. What I want to ask you, Natalie, is for people to say, okay, well, where do I start? How do I navigate that? Like, hey, let's say there's a petroleum company in my community. I don't know how to penetrate that company and get to the right person. Who should these nonprofits be engaging with? What individual at what level should they be targeting for that outreach to invite that company to their table, as you'd suggest? Well, the first thing I would do is go on their website, right? Just look at the names that appear, look at their annual reports, look at their their environmental, social governance reports, their ESG reports, and see whose names pop up. Send the top person, the top person, because usually top people are responding to emails or someone is responding to an email on their behalf. Send the top person who says that they care about this issue a note and invite them for a conversation. And don't take no for an answer. Keep at it. Um, Now is the time where companies actually recognize their obligation to declare um, social purpose and then actually act to exhibit their values through behaviors. And they are sincerely looking for people to connect with to learn how to do good better. My first recommendation is just visit the website and just reach out. Uh, I would also ask as many people as you know 
in your community, who's connected to who? Does someone work there at a different level that can give you some inside information? And when we start thinking like thinking about uh, mapping the assets of our communities, most times when people are, they want to help and do good in the community, they approach the community as if the community it has a lot of deficits. And there may be some equity issues that need to be addressed, but the community is also rich with assets. And so, you know, here are a couple of assets that most people don't think about. There's always someone in the community who has the most trust and respect, which is the greatest currency, right? Not money, power, and influence, but trust and respect is the the currency that moves civilization. So who has trust and respect, right? That's an asset. Who's a great communicator like you, um, Kia, or a connector, right? That's an asset. Who actually can translate and speak the language of the companies and speak the language communities. Who knows how to throw a good party? So if you're inviting someone to your table, you're going to be a good host. They're going to feel comfortable that you'll be prepared. All these different things, assets that communities have, and they don't really um, leverage them or think about them as assets. And so I would say, make sure that we've mapped our assets so we know how rich we are and leverage that to invite others to our communities um, to have conversations about the problems that we believe are problems, not just respond to what others believe are the problems and have prioritized what they believe are the problems. Sometimes we're aligned and sometimes we're not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I love that whole, you talk about really taking inventory of your assets, right? There are some aspects of you hear more and more about like power building and just looking at what you really bring to the table. This isn't a situation where, like you say, Look at what the community has to boot, right? Instead of allowing, I think I'm hearing you say, instead of allowing one particular voice to write the narrative for a community, I mean, community does have assets and listeners, the good people listening. We do have folks in our networks that are prepared to help move the ship, move the tide. It's just sometimes we just need to get to the right players, right? Right. I believe in that and and I appreciate that. My last question to you, I think you've already responded, was more or less for organizations thinking about creating a volunteer initiative that are looking at their programs and believe that would be a good fit, where should they start? And what kinds of tools or systems might they consider in order to manage this? Do you have any pointers for the good people listening? Our role at Points of Light is to really be at the intersection of companies, nonprofits, and individuals who want to do good. And so if you were to visit our website, um, we are connected to over 150 other like-minded organizations around um, throughout the U.S. Uh, if you were to visit our website, there are lots of tools. We have um, a community platform where there are toolkits, there's research, there are templates. There's just a lot of um, information that you could use, your listeners could use to get started. I would also, you know, look at the community foundation in 
um, in your community. Uh, I know in the D.C. area, the Virginia area in particular, they're quite rich in volunteer engagement opportunities and, and volunteer training. So to look at your community and then think about the power that you have in your community and take that power just use that power, uh, take it out, invite others to your table. So yeah, Points of Light is here to here to help. Look in your own community, look at community foundations, look at volunteers, state-run volunteer organizations. There's just a lot of uh, resources. And so just take inventory of the resources in your community. That's right. And Natalie has shared some real gems here, good people. I hope you got your pen and paper or your uh, your laptop or your PC open and are taking notes as you think about whether this makes sense as part of your fundraising strategy, your fund development strategy, or, you know, how might you incorporate volunteer engagement, right, as part of that strategy? Hey, Kia, I do, I do have one, just one last point, um, you know, which is, uh, encouraging people to start wherever they are. And this gets back to our framework of civic engagement, where we call it the civic circle. And and there are nine elements. And one of the, I think an element that is accessible to everyone is listening and learning and using your voice. But people can always also use their purchase power in small ways. They can donate. They can become social entrepreneurs. Of course, they can volunteer or sign up for a year of service. And so I, I would say whatever you are, there's an access point for you to get engaged in your community and to invite someone to join you. Thank you for that. And I know that the good people listening will appreciate um, those resources that you shared. And that is a very important point. You know, to start where you are, right? I think there's room for organizations to scale this. You might not necessarily have a a huge operation and need hundreds of volunteers, but what can one or two or five good volunteers do, right? I've had the pleasure of coordinating volunteer engagements with companies in the likes of Chevron, whether I was mobilizing, I had 5,000 volunteers a year coming into the Greater Richmond Interfaith Program Super Center, which is a soup kitchen. And these volunteers would come in and prepare meals for guests that were living in the emergency shelter, families that were living in transitional housing and literally unsheltered individuals, right? But also working with companies that are wanting to serve as volunteer readers for out-of-school time initiatives or STEM programs. I've seen this done a few different ways, and I really appreciate that point of you can start where you are. Yes. Very important. So we're going to move to the bonus question round where we have a little bit of fun here, and the Black Fundraisers podcast, we love our hip-hop and our rap music. So I got a question for you. We do okay. our hip hop and our rap music. We oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna get some bonus points or lose street cred here. <laughs> I'm bracing for it. So Natalie, yes. I would like to hear from you. What is your mantra, a rap or hip hop song that will get you 
fired up and ready to go for any volunteer engagement any given day, any given Sunday, or any given day for that matter. What's your go-to R&B or hip-hop song? Okay, I'm, I'm glad you threw R&B in there because um, I, I will say... The, the the artist that I really love is Missy Elliott. I love yes. Missy Elliott. I love, I love Work It, but I love her collaboration with Sierra, uh, Level Up. Oh, yes. So Level Up will get me going. As a matter of fact, I was in California, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago, um, right around we were doing some volunteer um, engagement with a, a corporate partner. And I had to go on camera and I think it was like 6.30 in the morning and I was playing Sierra and Missy level up. So that would be my go-to pump it up, you know, song. So yeah, level yes, up. Yes, I love that. And that is very appropriate. I remember when Sierra came out around the time I had my son, I'm telling my business here. I have a son that's getting ready to be 18. And, um, you know, just loving, I was living in Atlanta and just loving the music Atlanta was putting out. Atlanta was dominating um, the industry during, you know, those those early 2000 years. But, yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. And I love a good Missy Elliott song. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I Elliott. love a good Missy Elliott. Well, yes. Well, you continue to level up and level up these volunteers up. We appreciate the good work that points of light is doing and being a North Star for a lot of organizations that want to do this and do it right, right, and do it impactfully. So thank you for your leadership and thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Kia. Thank you for um, for your leadership as well. I think you are shining and sharing your light with all of us. And this is really an important area that doesn't get a lot of attention. People just aren't thinking about fundraising and and philanthropy in and of the Black community. And so thank you so much for being a bright star here as well. It was um, really uh, my pleasure and our pleasure to join you. Thank you. And good people listening, like I said, I hope you got those notes. But if not, you know what to do. Just hit rewind until you get them all written down and put pen to paper and put them into practice. Count on me to share all the good deeds in the show notes good people and if you had a good time today stay tuned for next week you will not want to miss i will be joined by robert simmons the head of social impact at the micron foundation he's going to tell you everything you need to know about their philanthropy strategy And we're going to talk about hip-hop Mount Rushmore, so you won't want to miss that. So until next week, good people, stay tuned, stay down, and keep your head up. Thanks for listening to the Black Fundraisers Podcast. Like what you're hearing? Subscribe to the Black Fundraisers Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave a five-star review. Connect with Kia on LinkedIn. Instagram and Twitter to stay connected.